have a happier episode of Kristen Whisper's Sonnets than last week. I'm still in the middle of a lot of um, chaos, though I'm going to try to go this whole episode and not use the H word (laughs) because I'm trying today to be more positive. So I decided today, this episode of Kristen Whisper's Sonnets, we were going to return to the world of Gilda Sheen and the Dead Sea. And I'm going to start by reading that poem by that title for you. Um, And this is definitely um, a dark session of Christmas for Sonnets, but it's fictional dark, and that's better than non-fictional dark. So here we go. Here is Dead Sea. Saunter through snapdragons, the cobblestone path, inside his house, into a bath prepared with dead sea salts by a sociopath, or surrogate, most likely, who would dare ambush with tea. Porcelain penetrates shattered teeth, lips surrounds indecency, while you sip herbs in man-made waters, await elucidation of your fate. Will a child with gills towards silk sheets creep? or to tanks debased in waters deep. Much left unsaid before you ran away to sunken estates to hide away and plush cotton robe led to dry four poster bed, door locked with key. Tanks also are arid in a dead sea. So this poem was about um, Gilda Sheen and how um, when she was running away to go be um, at Anemone, which is a you know place that she had a very bad gut reaction to right in the beginning. Um, it was you know full of tanks of animals that made her um, depressed because she's got gills and she now relates to those animals even if she still feels inside like a human, even if not everyone is recognizing that. But she is so pushed by this agent from the government who has got very bad intentions and, you know, wants her to be a weapon and a spy and use her talents underwater for nefarious purposes um, in service of a president she doesn't even like. You know, this is also set. Let me clarify that this story, I didn't want to write this during the pandemic because that brings even you know, its own new um, things involved with it, its own new horrors. So I wrote this um, set last year before the pandemic started because it's already bad enough, you know, how things are currently, um, you know, well, currently in the story of the book, you know, but, you know, everyone would be afraid. And I think all of us have a tendency to maybe run away to anemone in that situation, but I just didn't want to bring that um factor into it. So um, this is a story, you know, I wanted it to be as modern as it could without dealing with the pandemic because I've been writing so many things that are set in the past. And so it's like 
fun to be um, as modern as you can. And I write so many poems in this in um, things like Google Hangouts or um, very modern um, ways that we communicate with each other. And it's just been nice because I, you know, I've been trapped in the 1800s for a while. So the next poem I'm going to read to you that it really kind of outlines the um, difference between um, the agent and his world that he is trying to entice Gildasheen to go to and the um, collector which is Mr. Humans at Anemone and the reason um, you know she would go at all if you haven't listened to prior episodes is you know because of these gills she's still able to breathe on land but it's getting less of um she can go less time doing that without you know being in the water and she's worried she's going to get to the point she can't you know exist like a human at all and so to have this person with you know immeasurable wealth who could um you know have a you know who's used to making um uh, aquariums and things for people on land she just feels like you know it's a for her, like, you know, this is kismet. This is perfect that they've met each other, even if he is a little scary. So, anyway, now we're going on to Tank. A government generates war, weapons, war. Its agents deft in disciplines of death. The collector covets continually more. Collective concerns he tends to forget. A government crushes, blooms to a bane, a poultice for enemies unaware. Dainty deceptions deliver most pain. When your petals perish, they're pruned, they've pruned a spare. The collector expects creatures to breathe in harmony with their biology. Once safe, survival a species next need. Tanks compress a creature's psychology. Inside the girlarium, when, where she is left, the guild, the girl, live on one baited breath. So, yeah, this is just, you know, a poem where I wanted to really make it clear, you know, what she's choosing and kind of the horrors of both sides. And, you know, it's not that I think she thinks she's making a good decision going to humans. She's making, like, the only decision she can out of two bad choices, you know. But, um, anyway, um, she doesn't also trust her parents, so that's never even been, um, like, an option for her because they're just very self-involved, and they never even noticed that she has gills, that she's able to hide them with her long hair. But one would think that a parent, you know, would notice something growing on their child's body. And, you know, the fact that they don't, it's a sign that you know, they've checked out a while ago, you know, and she doesn't, and she's very aware of that. So, um, the next poem that I'm going to read is called Creature, and it's a lot about, um, Gilda's, um, feelings with Mr. Human, you know, she, she trusts him initially, you know, right at the first, I mean, she, it's like a fairy tale, like, you want to believe in it, but it seems too good to be true, and she has that feeling with him, so she, um, 
you know, starts this relationship with him on, and they meet when she goes to visit aquariums at his house because his house is based on a house that I watched something about on YouTube called Shark House in California, which is a private um, residence, but it is also a huge private aquarium. And that person collected, you know, wildlife and had elaborate aquariums throughout the house, you know, um, for like sharks everywhere. And, um, you know, it was just wild. And so I, I, this is where Mr. Human's inspiration comes from and that, you know, she goes to, she, he allows school children to come to his um, house and view what is, you know, would be a, you know, a, an unbelievable public, you know, aquarium, but he, um, it's, you know, he owns it himself. But because of that, she meets this man and he notices her gills. And, you know, which is a big mistake on her part because she's always trying to hide that because she already has met the um, uh, agent, you know, and she's very scared. So it's like, um, you know, for herself, she rues that, you know, that she's, she's made this huge mistake. But anyway, he um, gives her his card and they um, communicate after that on Google Hangouts and I've got a sonnet on oh and if you're not following on Instagram um, Gilda Sheen has her own Instagram that's you can see a lot of the documents that have been made about this in sonnet form in different ways emails and texts and Google Hangouts and you know of that relationship and um, how she gets to Anemone and that's at um, Gilda Sheen G-I-L-D-A S-H-E-E-N um, at, you know, Gilda Sheen at Instagram, on Instagram. So, um, anyway, that's been a lot of fun and I, um, enjoy that people follow that and, you know, keeps me working, updating that. So, um, which is good during an H, I won't say the whole word, but you know, when you've, when you're going through a lot, it's good to have busy projects and things to keep you, your mind occupied and in a different world. So I've enjoyed that, but um, I'm going to get back to reading The um, Creature. Science defines her by what she would hide. Two swaths of skin, her neck either side. Small fraction of flesh, just a few inches wide. Requires new nomenclature, protocol. It has yet to provide. For now, amidst others, when you think it won't hear, you refer to the creature, fill hearts with fear. Your druthers, they never investigate. Workers you pay to renovate, the aquariums connect and expand, giving this creature as much as you can of your land. Yes, still some restrictions for security. Creatures have hidden dangers in water they might twirl, resembling even a trapped teenage girl so um you know that poem it's like um I think you know she feels you know he wants people to um, Mr. Humans um to not think of her as a human because you know it's not it's easier to you know oh, I've got this you know thing captive well it's a creature it's a sea creature everybody knows you keep sea creatures captive in your house it doesn't seem to you know bother people but they would definitely be bothered by a, a teenage girl so 
you know, it's in his interest to, like, dehumanize her. But at the same time, you know, uh, it's he's not the only one that does that. And that's part of why Gilda is so ashamed of her guilt and so worried that, you know, people won't see her as human because she knows how they treat, you know, sea creatures and animals, and it's not good. And, you know, it's, it's a frightening prospect, you know, to have your status from human to animal, you know, change like that because we in general I mean there are people obviously who you know have great love and respect for animals but in general there's a lot of people that are very cruel to animals and so you know that's another layer of her you know feeling you know the tragedy of her situation and I'm going to read one more poem from here that's um, called Driftwood and this um, I really like this poem a lot and I wrote it about the day that she decides to you know run away from her house and to go to Mr. Humans and just the whole mental process of what it would feel like to you know take that journey and and you know as you know you're leaving a different world you know you're maybe even leaving your species you know of what you thought was your species behind and so there's so many insecurities and it's it's not at all I mean any running away when you're a child is like the, probably the biggest thing you know you can do um you know where it's like you know the biggest rebellion but to leave you know for the world that she's leaving for and basically you know kind of making peace with you know going to a whole different you know being treated as a different species really um I can't imagine, you know, what that would feel like. So, but I, I tried to imagine it writing this poem, so I'm going to read it to you, and it's called Driftwood. What do you pack when you are leaving land? To submerge in what depths a young girl should not understand. Band upon your left hand, stone serpentine, sea green lace dress, driftwood, Valentine, whittled by grandfather when you were a child. Norse legend says humans were hewn, ash and elm, drifting wild in wind, whims, waves of Nordic seas. Attention span then inhibits these childhood memories. Believe your heart might also be reclaimed by oceans you can't even name. Flighty student of geography, when you retain. What is the etiquette, 16 feet down? What do you wear when you're going to drown? And I, you know, I just feel like that captures, you know, the fatalistic feelings, you know, that she had to have going to do what she did. I think she felt very trapped and hopeless and you know kind of just thinking day to day really like I've got to at all costs avoid this government agent and my parents can't keep me safe and I um, the government agent right before this poem had um, followed her home and that's when she contacts Mr. Humans and um, says you know I must do this because I think she realized oh um, this is you know He's talking to me, but it's getting more heightened, you know, the language. And I, I know that eventually, if he can't just convince me to go, he's just going to take me. 
and because that's the kind of people they are, you know. Um, at one point, she even writes to him and tries to say, you know, I'm too delicate for this. I'm a teenage girl. Uh, you know, I, I'm not capable of things you want from me. And, and his response is, um, you know, dainty deceptions offer more harm. And it's like, well, you know, he, he wants, you know, it's in part of a sonnet that he says, and I think I even just misquoted it, but, <laughs> but the point is he likes that, you know, she looks non-threatening they like that you know like if she could be you know swimming you know in the ocean and make her way to a submarine and they believe she's a mermaid or you know whatever that they would like that you know the government would like that you know because she might have access to do something that they would you know you know something violent or you know something we would do to our enemies and unfortunately that's you know things that, you know, a teenage girl probably doesn't want to live with having done. So anyway, she is a, of the most utmost priority <laughs> to um, escape that agent. And she knows that Mr. Humans, you know, is like one of the few individuals who has enough means to hide her and also the interest and in already the structure um, to hide a sea creature. And... Um, <laughs> So, you know, that's how she looks at it. But, but when she's going to pack to go there, it's hard to feel like, you know, positive. Like, what do you wear? You know, when you're going to go live with a collector of sea creatures and maybe live in a tank. You know, she can't really summon an optimistic future in her vision when she's packing. So, um, that's what I wanted to relay with that poem. And I, I think a lot of these poems are definitely, you know, like that driftwood was written after the H and um, when I had my own fears of drowning. And, you know, that was definitely, you know, all these water image poems, you know, have taken on new meaning for me. But at the same time, it's like it, it is an escape and I enjoy um, going to her world because it's not mine and it has different fears and problems, you know, than, than I'm facing right now, which are, can feel overwhelming, and it's good to escape. But um, thank you guys for listening, and I think I managed to get through this whole podcast without even being on the cusp of crying, which is a lot different than last week. So, I mean, I'm going to take that as a win, and um, I don't, so far I have not been able to find my unic stuffed unicorn. I think he was a uh, casualty of the hurricane so um i don't have it to cuddle but i have some other stuffed animals that i was able to save by washing multiple times so um and i think i just said the h word see i can't totally escape it but anyway but i'm gonna grab my kitty cat here and i hope you have something to grab and we're all gonna have good thoughts before we go to sleep and I'll be back next week with another episode of Kristen Whisper Sonnets. And hope it'll be even a little happier. So thank you guys for your patience. And for everybody who's reached out to me online, it's been so helpful to feel like, you know, the world isn't against me. And good night. And I don't sleep tight. And don't let the H's in the world bite. But... Uh...
I'm gonna say goodbye now. Kristen whispers sonnets. Join me for a sonnet bedtime treat.